Welcome back, Wrestle Nerds. Victor Villain here. Let's see who's making their way to the ring. Old School Joe. JP Savage, you already know. Hey, and Victor Villain here again. And we got a special guest for you folks here today. He is the Herald of the Crucible, the venomous and vile master of snake style. He is Ophidian Shikara's own. Talk to him a minute. Did you, did you gentlemen hear that? Because that that's that's an entrance. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but let me let me help you out just a little bit. I, I can spice it up some. You know what I'm oh, saying? Do, do help, do help, please. I am venomous. I am vile. I am the master of snake style. The cobra supernova. The Ouroboros Ophidian. Oh, Lord have mercy. Oh, man. <laughs> now that that all that was an entrance. That was a, that's. That's how we announce you from now on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like he, I feel like that's his entrance inside the bedroom too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we getting personal early, baby. Yeah, I didn't know we were getting right into that immediately. Hey, when the savage is loose, everything's lost. <laughs> oh man, Ophidian, man, we love your work in Shikara, man. We we. We know where you're from. We follow you very well. Uh, why don't you tell the fans that at home uh, a little bit more about you, where you're from, and, and, and a little bit more about yourself? Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> as y'all already know, I'm a fitty in the Cobra, and I've spent the last 13 years traveling across the world. 19 different countries across four continents. Not only have I wrestled in them, but for the most part, I've taught in almost all those countries as as well. Um Mainstay at Chikara Pro was a trainer at the Russell Factory Chikara School for about five years. But now I teach at the ROH affiliate dojo, the Worldwide Dojo, which is run by Cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only do I perform in ring, but I do a lot behind the scenes. And I mean a little bit of everything. I run a, a gear company called Closet Champion. Behind me, you see all the sewing stuff oh, in yeah. a blue screen. Uh, my wife and I run a company creating content, creating costumes and stuff uh, for professional wrestling. So if it's a thing you can do in wrestling, whether it's uh, video production, audio production, uh, costuming, my wife and I do it. Amazing, amazing stuff. Hello! That's a good partner, right? That's a great tag team right there, man. There you go. She knew exactly when to tag it. (laughs) (laughs) So question for you. I mean, that, that sounds like remarkable experience i mean you really have crossed that boundary between just being a performer you like you said you also are instructing and even all those countries that you have been able to perform at you've been able to instruct over there as well where did that desire to go in that route where did that come from was it your experience at wrestle factory in particular uh yeah you know that's i can't say that was an innate desire you know what i'm saying because like uh Coming up in wrestling, I didn't expect to be able to do everything that I've done. Uh, I don't, I don't, uh, it's not something I talk about very much, but you know, like coming up with a poor kid from the hood, like you're not gonna, like, you're just happy with almost anything you get. Uh, so, uh, the fact that I was even able to leave, you know, well, in this case, I grew up in, in, in Jersey and Camden. So, oh, Camden, okay. Yeah, just to be able to, to you know what I mean? Like, just going to Philadelphia was an accomplishment. You know, living across the bridge and going to another state. So, um, I was just happy with what life gave me. I fell into training and stuff like that. I can't say accidentally, but it came naturally. 
just, you know, stayed around to help a few students learn a couple of tricks, you know, work on the technique. And then eventually it turned into other students wanting to learn what I was teaching, you know, some of the senior guys, uh, senior guys, but guys that wanted to learn. And then that snowballed into me giving, uh, me being given a set of keys to the wrestle factory. It literally, it, it actually genuinely happened naturally, you know? Um, and now it's my favorite thing to do. I love it just as much as I love, um, teaching uh, lo- just as much as I love performing wow. mm. we followed you so, so for, for a few bit now um we know we've been to the Shikara wrestle factory we've taken some bumps there actually uh we know the hard work and dedication that people put in at that school and it's funny man because you are just you do researching you was 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 an easy was an easy thing to do because you were just so much more detailed in 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 yourself in your self promotion your your self promotion is so amazing that anybody that reads into you can easily decide right then and there that they're interested in you or, or not and and most likely or not they're going to be interested i mean you got a a heavy resume man uh, you've worked with the likes of yokozuna um kevin owens sammy zayn tell me what those experiences must have been like man uh because of what Chikara is, you know, uh, especially if you're a fan of the Chikara um, time frame from like 2007 to about 2013, you know, we had a lot of big stars come through Chikara then. Um, my going going a step even uh, before that, the people that trained me, you know, Mike Quackenbush, Claudio mm-hmm. Castagnoli, who is Cesaro and Dodonini, uh, um, Chris Hero, who became Cassius Ono in NXT. And Sarah Del Rey, who is Sarah Amato, the assistant head trainer at NXT, um, like uh, that alone in itself, like I, I w- I've been given an opportunity uh, that most people would never have, or I can't say it was given to me, right? I kind of I've earned that chance to train with hey, those people, and work with them, uh, and because of that kind of talent teaching, you it drew that kind of talent to the company. So I got to work with you know Brody Lee. I've I've, I've got to work with Kevin Owens, and uh, you know um. I don't know whatever happened to that El Generico guy after he went to Mexico, but, uh, you know, and even working with guys like Aki Bono and, uh, and for, for me, somebody who I really wanted to work with was Hidaka when I was over at zero one in Japan. Uh, there's just so many, so many good names. Like it's, uh, it's been, it's been great. I've, I've had a, a, a hell of a ride so far in professional wrestling and it's only continuing, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I get to tour the UK constantly and work with a lot of great British talent uh, and a lot of uh, good European talent uh, in general, not just British, uh, and uh, still get to work some of the greats, you know, even places like GCW, you know, most recently working like Jake Atlas uh, and Nick Gage and guys like that. Uh, yeah. You know, I was watching the uh, Johnny Kidd Invitational, the 2019 that just happened. Well, not just happened. It's been a couple yeah. months now already. Jeez. Um and and I love kind of the feel and the style of the tournament, and and, and in particular your style. It looks like it's very uh, very heavily influenced by the old like World of Sports style that that was kind of Johnny Kidd's style as well. Is there anyone on the European scene or the UK scene that you would like to that you haven't already competed with that you would like to? Uh, there's a name specifically that almost always. Uh, comes to mind and there's, there's a group of wrestlers if you don't know who they are the uh attack wrestling gotcha and uh that company has put out a lot of really good talent like pete dunn and mark andrews um chris brooks 
uh, Eddie Dennis. And not to say they molded them specifically, but a lot of these talents have come through there in the way that, you know, um, I came through Chikara. Uh, and there's some great guys there. And Chris Brooks is somebody that I have not had the chance to work with. And I may not anytime soon. The dude, you know, uh, moved to Japan full time. Um, so I may not have that opportunity right now. But I hope that it does come someday. Um, and Wild Boar, uh, who is absolutely, it's a guy who's on NXT right now. The NXT yeah, UK. yeah. He's, he's the head trainer of the Attack School. Or it's not really, I'm sorry. Uh, the Dragon Pro School, which is affiliated with Attack. And he is somebody that, if I can't get Chris Brooks, I'll be happy with that too. Whew. That would be a banger. Yes. That yes, British style, man, I'm, I'm a big fan of. Uh, like, there's nothing that is... As clean and as smooth as that stuff, man. Mm. World sports style is. I'm glad you said that, man. Because speaking of style, man, I'm excited to unbox uh, your style here, man. Because <laughs> I, 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 I watched the stuff, I've seen your highlights. My God, the hallucin, the hallucination. Oh man, Vic, talk to me about Billy, that, man. Do you not learn your lesson? You don't unbox a snake. <laughs> you don't, especially not a cobra. Come on, man. What are you doing? Hey, man, dangerous, dangerous. <laughs> especially one from Camden. Come on, now. We're the worst. Yeah, man. Quite a few. Uh, what do you guys know about Camden? What y'all know? What y'all know about Camden? <laughs> Shout out to Royal Money. Royal Money took us around the hood. Hell of an aquarium. <laughs> uh, there's a few of us all state trooper out of Camden, one of our bros. There's a few of us from there that most people don't uh, don't realize. Me, Amasis, and Lince Dorado, we all went to school together. You know, we all came up from the same. We all legit. Uh, we've all known each other since we were kids. Oh shit! So okay. and we all came up. Uh, we all came up together. So. Uh, wow. Well, if if you don't mind me asking, if it didn't, uh, it. it in your reptilian life, are you from Egypt or are you from somewhere else in this world? Uh, perhaps? I'm Puerto Rican, my friend. Wepa! Hey, Wepa, hey, yeah. Hey. That's, uh, what's that's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. What goes on the map? Okay. Repping, repping. So talk to me about this most illegal move in, in wrestling history, man. How, wow. how did that come about? Uh, man, uh, so... <laughs> Amasis and myself are big fans of like old school like exploitation uh, kind of content. Like I love old school martial arts films, specifically the Shaw Brothers stuff. Um, and you can see, especially early on, where we drew our influences from. Amasis being a lot from those black exploitation films from that era, and me kind of pulling from martial arts stuff. Um, so we got a lot of the way that we we. Um, portrayed ourselves, even so much to the language that Omasis would use when he cut promos. Uh, and uh, that was kind of like the framework that we wanted to live in. But there's something that was always kind of like true amongst all of that content is that there's still a bit of wackiness, right? like a bit of zany inside of all of that. Uh, so uh, it just seemed right. Like here's, you know, Omasis is, he's, he's, you know, he's well built, he's jacked, he could hold me. Uh, and uh, I, I thought it would be good if uh he waved me you know around like a like his personal pet snake which i was you know he was the pharaoh i was his bodyguard uh and it, it just worked man we were doing that Whoa. since day one and uh, people don't even realize that like, we've been doing that since our very first match it took wow. a while to figure out what we were like you know like what it actually meant in the world of wrestling but right. in 2007 in our very first match our debut at the uh at the ecw arena we were doing that and uh yeah i got we got lucky that over time that you know, it broke out and went viral for us. So when was the exact moment that Osirian Portal decided 
this is our gimmick. This is what we're doing. Like, how did it come about? Like, was it organic or like, do you guys think about it? Take a while to get. Uh, Amasis and I, uh, we, when we backyarded from when we were kids, like we grew up best friends. Nice. So nice. like we tagged with each other while we were backyarding, you know, like our, <laughs> yeah, our back, our backyard oh, name was the street team. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So there was always a natural chemistry between us. It was just a matter of finding the right package, right. To, to bring it in the world of pro wrestling. And, uh, so you definitely you avoided to the disclaimers that said please do not try this at home. You did the same <laughs> what, thing. What disclaimer? <laughs> yeah. We we thought that was encouragement. It. We didn't realize we were supposed to not do it. Listen, listen. They didn't try it at home. They tried it in the backyard. Hey, completely different. Hey, yeah. hey, completely different. We okay. put down some cardboard and some carpet. We were, were all right. There you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. So. Uh, a lot of that, like, generally is, like, you obviously have some input from a professional wrestling school, right? Your trainers will always kind of say, this is the direction we need to head in. doesn't matter if you work for WWE, Ring of Honor, TNA, WCW, like, whatever company you were a part of, regardless of the error, those companies help to dictate what you would be doing. But it's your job as a performer to take that direction and turn it into something, Right. So while there was a general idea kind of helped formed by Chikara, Amasis and myself got to decide at least, you know, what we'd look like. Like, I came up with the design of my mask. I came up with the name and all that. But, you know, like, they were the ones that were like, this is, this is what the package is going to look like once we figure out the little nuanced stuff between the two of us. So there generally was something that came off of our heads and the... I mean, at first, that first year was a little rough in looking, you know, as is anything, you know, the brand new idea. Hey, hey. We turned, you know, That's it turned into what thing, it did man. for time. You did the damn thing. It's gold. It's money. And I appreciate that. That it's the little things in this business, man. And and you, yo, you take, you sure do it well. I'll tell you and, that. And as amazing as they were as as a team, when they went at it with each other, mm. like watching that sarcophagus, uh, sarcophagus match was uh, was something to behold. Yeah, it's a lot of fun you... beating up your friends. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? You, you, you hit them harder. I heard you the <laughs> <laughs> oh man, don't even bring that up. <laughs> I did that as a joke and uh I can't believe it worked. <laughs> That's how it works though. That you yeah. know, it, it, when something's that organic, man, it, I know me personally, I appreciate it more when it's that that much organically and then I can, I find out stories like this. Yo, it's what it's all about at the end of the day. Yeah. And can what what can you attend, can or if if you can't attest most or not all of what you've done in this business to 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 what Quackenbush has taught you, what can you attest? Um, the one thing that I, I can say about not just Chikara, or not just my Quackenbush, but the environment overall is the um, what it instilled, the work ethic it instilled in a lot of us that came through there. Uh, it's an environment that encouraged learning and encouraged you to always better yourself in some capacity. Um, and uh, I, uh, I might have discovered some of these things on my own. You know, like I can't say that I wouldn't have gotten here eventually. But because of that environment, it encouraged me to learn the video production more so than what I already knew. Right? It encouraged me to become a gear maker to help out. You know, like, oh, this person fell through. We don't have this anymore. 
I'll learn it. I got you. I'll figure out how to get to that end point. You know, it made me want to become a leader in that locker room and a leader within the wrestling industry overall, you know, at least, or at least a resource, you know what I'm saying? Because I can't say this one person is leading all of us, but to be a resource for everybody was something that eventually became real important to me. And I don't think I would have gotten there as quickly if it wasn't for guidance from places like that and from men like him, sure. um, you know, sure. like, the work ethic of these guys, like from any of the guys that helped train me, is insane. You can see what where it's gotten them, and uh, yeah, all of that. It's phenomenal because uh, we, like as Vic had mentioned in the past, uh, we ourselves have been to certain seminars with Mike Quackenbush, with Bryce, uh, phenomenal trainings, and it, it just gives you another idea when it comes to the business and, and the amount of flexibility. And also the amount of freedom you have within it. Um, and in talking to you, I can tell, like, you've really taken hold to that and heed to that. And you've paid your dues on top of that to get to this point. I mean, the fact that you look right behind you, the, the, the factory you pretty much have to create unique, unique costumes. And that's something in, in our entire experience of being a podcast and a part of this world, we've every wrestler, every promotion we've got in contact with, that's one of the things that's in need the most is actually quality uh, gear. It's one of the hardest things to get at a good price. And, and, and you always look phenomenal, man. I mean, that one match where you could continue oh, shedding, bro. I'm like, yo, until when is going to keep going? And those are all, you made all of those masks, correct? Yeah. Um, some of the older stuff I didn't. Uh, okay. I didn't, I started, um, the first mask we made was 2015, right? The first mask that we made as a company. It was 2014 or 15. For you? No, not for me, just in general. Uh, like 2014, yeah. 2014. Uh, 2014 was our first, uh, like, first mask for the students. But and the now... The that you made... Was 2017. Was 20, 20, what is 2016. Yeah. I was the one making everything yeah. until you came on then. Uh, so, um, oh. we took over the production, right, in that, in that way. So every single WrestleFactory graduate, regardless of who you are, has to get gear from myself or my wife, from our oh, company. Oh, um, man. And uh, once I... Once I uh, allowed myself to kind of jump into wrestling full time, yeah, you do solve it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the uh, once I uh, once I got to the point where you know wrestling was able to to make me money to make an income off of it full time, that's when I took on the gear making aspect as well. Because especially in a time like this right now, you know, when we can't be at our normal jobs, or in my case, this is my job, I still have a way to produce income for my family, right? So like, and that's super important to me because you never know whether it's injury, you don't know when you're going to lose your job. You don't know when something like this is going to go down. And I've got a, a room full of stuff to allow me to, you know, to continue to make money regardless of what's happening on the world. Um, and I, you answered my next question would be how, how were you doing with it during, throughout these times? And I mean, hopefully it hasn't uh, been much of a burden or business as usual. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I set myself up before all this went down. Um, you know, like there's something that, I can say that I do that most wrestlers or just most performers in general don't. And that outside of just, you know, performing in front of a live crowd, right? I was making video content for Chikara. Almost all the Crucible stuff was either shot or directed by me. Shots of the uh, Crucible. I think the bad guys made a, a little cameo in one of those. Uh, those Our shirt did episodes. pop up when uh, when Mike came in and found Ophidian uh, working with uh, with his new crew. <laughs> I was us uh, on his shirt. <laughs> uh, so you know, doing that that video stuff here, I'm making you know obviously masks. But like, if you go 
online, you can buy my entrance music. I've got a full album's worth of entrance music that you can buy. I sell mask patterns. Patterns, not like, so you can make the stuff yourself right at home. Um, whether it's using Patreon, which I've been on Patreon for about four years now, you know, with my wife, we, we, we have the closet, the joint Patreon. Like there's always ways, there's multiple pieces of income coming from a little bit of everywhere. I was well set up for something like this. And so, we sh- you know, we both were uh, luckily with her help. Um, it's like, yeah, I can't, compl- that's what I said earlier, you guys, like, I can't really complain about what's happening because like, I'm well taken care of, but, um, that was definitely through years of setting myself up, you know, setting us awesome. up. God bless you for that, man. That's, yeah. that's a smart Absolutely. thing to do. And then, listen, it, it got, got speed, man. And not everybody's well fortunate. And you seem to have a a great uh, path and a great system you got running there, man. Definitely. What's your, you have a favorite mask? <laughs> the one I'm wearing right now. Or this Yay. style. This all right, all right. version of my mask is my favorite. Um, what's that called? What's that? What's the difference between that one and the other ones? Well, I call this the Ouroboros. If you look into my eyes, right? You got this thing. Gotcha. Yeah, this uh, and uh, the reason why I like this the most is because it this replaces another one that I had. The, there was an angle in Chikara where um, I went a little crazy and took my mask off. And I went through different versions of my masks. Uh, there was one mask specifically that I wore. It was purple and it had horns on it. Or so people thought were horns. It was actually a snake. Two snakes that went through my chin and out of my skull and wrapped around. So they were snakes that were just attached to my head. Uh, That was inspired from the movie Five Deadly Venoms, the Shaw Brothers movie from the 70s. Uh, The master of snake style in that film wore a mask. All the the masters wore a mask. Uh, So that was was my previous one to this one. Um, The classic one, which I really like, the big head one, uh, that hides my face completely. Uh, That's a Serpentor design. Like That was inspired by the old G.I. Joe villain. Uh, so they all come from some place that I personally love, you know, something that kind of I grew up with. Except for this one, this is a completely unique place. This was this is essentially right, the final evolution. Like this is what all those other mask variants led me to this point. I don't think I would have gotten here if it wasn't for those first ones, you know. Okay. Any Mortal Kombat influences some of your masks? Oh. <laughs> you <don't> know, man. <laughs> I'm loving the Sub-Zero look, uh, man. That's awesome. When you come yeah. up with the contacts, bro. There was, uh, yeah, you had the Sub-Zero look. There was, a, there was two sets of gear that I had that were specific knockoffs of Ermac and Scorpion. Oh! But the Ermac from the, um, from the newer, from Mortal Kombat 9. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, he had, the, he had, like, this purple and gray red vest, and, yep. and I, I wore that for a little bit when I was uh, with the Batiri. And there was a That's set of gear old, that I don't talk about man. very often. That was that was straight from like the older Scorpion uh, looks. Um, so yeah, I mean, a lot of my look. I've got four Mortal Kombat tattoos on my back. Uh, <laughs> I, I, a lot of a lot of inspiration comes from Mortal Kombat. Okay. Now, sure. have you, uh, Xbox or PlayStation? You're gonna make me ask you now. Oh man, Xbox all the way. Oh, dope. Uh, so did you get eleven? Oh yeah, I've got eleven. I was just okay. playing just playing it yesterday using Spawn. Um, who's my favorite superhero? Just straight up, so I was I was hyped to play with Spawn. Just kind of get ready for the new DLC coming out, you know, next week. Uh, post production, we're gonna add your gamer tag on here. Let them know, and we gonna we gonna we gonna battle too. Uh, I'm gonna get my game. I haven't gotten it though. (laughs) I'm I'm talking shit like I got it. Be careful! I don't want you to hurt yourself now. (laughs) I played ten. I played ten with Scorpion. So let's see if I can keep up. Um, we like to. I, I want to thank you for your time, man. Appreciate you in the midst of all this craziness. You still made the time and effort to join us today, man. And 
exciting time for me to pick your brain and stuff and all of us. We like to end with a lightning round, though. Uh, JP, if you want to take it over. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to do a round of chair shots, and essentially what's going to happen, I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and we'd like for you to answer with the first thing that popped into your mind. It's just a pretty much bang, 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 bang. Round of chair shots, all right? <laughs> yeah, get that power drinks ready. Let's go. All righty, all righty. Here we go, here we go, here we go. All righty, what is your favorite movie? Uh, favorite movie would be Five Deadly Venoms. Five Deadly Venoms. This is the third time now mentioned in this episode <laughs> love yeah. it if you guys have not caught it i actually was watching uh watch mojo best uh martial arts movies and that came up so that's the only reason i recognize it right now i was watching that the other day uh, <laughs> next question uh what sports do you enjoy watching uh, so I grew up doing um, taking martial arts I did gojo root taekwondo Brazilian jiu jitsu for about 12 years um, right. so i absolutely loved early UFC, you know, growing up. Uh, and I, I can still watch UFC now. I don't watch it as much because wrestling has overtaken my life as, you know, as just the way life happened. Um, and I, I grew up a 49ers fan, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that didn't, okay. uh, that that didn't pan out sense. too well over the years. It makes sense if you're a 90s child. I mean, hey, they was just in the Super Bowl, so you still got, you know, got a couple years left. You got some hope. At least you're not a Giants fan right now. Uh, and I'm a Giants fan, and I'm saying that. Your favorite cheat meal? My favorite cheat meal is something uh, we call, in this household, tachos. All right. Please so it's, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Uh, so we take tater tots, you know what I'm saying, and then co cover them in what you would cover in nachos. Ooh. So all your cheese, your sour cream, right, your beans, your chicken or beef, whatever it is that you got, right, but the base, instead of it being chips, is tater tots. Mm -hmm. yes. Trying that tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> if you could have one superpower, what would it be? I already got a superpower, homie. It's hypnosis. Hey, yo! Thanks. <laughs> I'll stay stunned on that one. <laughs> uh, worst purchase you've ever made? <sighs> worst purchase I've ever made? Um... I once ate a sandwich from Jimmy John's, and uh, <laughs> that was probably the worst thing I've ever eaten in my life. Oh, yeah, I posted a, legit when it happened. I posted a photo on the internet of it. It was like a single slice of ham. I mean, I mean a piece of lettuce. I mean like a piece. <laughs> like it was somebody ripped off a little quarter. Like you know when magicians do a magic trick and they make you take off a quarter of a card. That's how much lettuce was on the sandwich. Oh my god! It's uh, like Edberg fucking uh, segment. Yeah, <laughs> I opened it up when I got when I got home and was heated. Like, how was that? What was I supposed to do? You know what I mean? That's a, a sandwich. That's a snack. And you never thought you would be mad about the lack of lettuce in your you sandwich. Know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying like. I would have been less mad if there was no lettuce, but you disrespected me. By <laughs> was it chopped cabbage or was it like lettuce uh, leaves? No, it was not even. There was just that tiny little piece. <laughs> it was like a scrap. Ah, uh, disrespect. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Disrespect. Wow. <laughs> I'm gonna continue. John sandwich it for right uh, now. Favorite Halloween costume. Surprise! It was like a horrifying moment. Man. <laughs> uh, favorite Halloween costume I've worn, or like favorite Halloween costume in general, like Both. something. Okay. Uh, so as a kid. Uh. 
uh, my parents would buy me the knockoff like Mortal Kombat costumes. Oh, okay. I so, be, right? have me a few. Yeah, exactly. So, because I loved Mortal Kombat so much, I'd wear the costume all the time. And I'd had I had the soundtrack that I would play on my boombox and just fight my friends. <laughs> you know, wearing the Mortal Kombat costume. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, I, uh, I, you must have you must have spazzed out when the movie came out in theaters, the first one, right? You have no idea, man. Because I remember coming out of there fucking jump kicking and roundhousing in the middle of the street, you know, for no reason. So I can only imagine yourself. I was already in martial arts as a kid too at that point. So you just gave me fuel to beat the ever living life out of my younger sisters. <laughs> that just training for Mortal Kombat at that point. Yeah. Point. yeah. <laughs> Which was like oh, one or so, two. I'm sorry? Which was like one more, one or two? Uh on part one. I mean part two has got his this this fun to be had and making fun of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not yeah. a no, but, you know, part one. I can't wait till the next one though. They teased a couple things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Michael Jai. What happened like, with that? There wasn't a YouTube special. There was. It was a whole series. They did two seasons of it. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's right. the. It's pretty good. It, it's a. Uh, it feels like Mortal Kombat. You know, like. Okay. It does. It was definitely better than the TNT series. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. WCW Nitro. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of WCW Nitro, uh, I'm gonna name four titles since you are a gamer. You have to eliminate one. Okay. WCW World Tour, WCW okay. Revenge, WrestleMania 2000, No Mercy. Eliminate uh, one. WrestleMania 2000, easy. Okay. 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 I'm mad at that. Uh, I'm just glad you didn't do me dirty and put Def Jam on there. <laughs> awesome, awesome game. I love yeah. it. Phenomenal. I love- you still don't get that type of gameplay in any other game. No, and it's disappointing that they haven't remastered those older games. I mean, brought back at least Vendetta, at least. At least, I, bro. Oh, at least. It's got to be a licensing thing. It has to be. That's the only thing. That happens with the, with the sports games, too, like uh, in football games, stuff of that nature, that the same things happen. NBA, uh, I think Live went through that because uh, they were doing a set of 2K the Live. They went through that right. a few years ago. So it happens, you know. Uh, useless talent you have. A useless talent I have. Um, I don't even know. Because, um, man, I, I, all, everything I do, I try to monetize in some way because. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're really good at shooting games. Useless talent is playing video games. <laughs> you heard it here. First, folks, don't, don't challenge them to duck hunt. <laughs> or Buck <laughs> or, or Resident Evil for that matter. Oh. All right, and last, last question. Last question. Who is your favorite heel? My favorite heel? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that, cause that changes yes. so much. So, like, if we go generationally, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, old school heel as a kid, and I'll I'll go through a different ones because like I, I I you you got me on a. So as a kid, there was nothing that was scarier than watching the Undertaker put dudes in body bag on bags on TV. Like this dude, as far as we knew as a kid, before you you know before you learn that Santa Claus isn't real, that uh, Undertaker. I know. <laughs> 
The Undertaker's putting dudes inside of killing people on television, and then he killed the <laughs> Ultimate Warrior. He put him inside the boiler room. Like, I, I didn't even like the Ultimate Warrior. I didn't care. Seizing but and foaming. <laughs> right? Seeing a man get murdered was like, this is, I guess, I guess we're all witness to murder here, right? Like, we're all an accomplice now. <laughs> uh, so there's that. I love Lance Storm WCW when he was winning all the titles, oh, yes. renaming them Canadian Championships. Yes. The mask, oh. I love that mask he would come out with, man. There was just something up, right? And he wasn't like he didn't do anything that was extremely vicious in any direction. You just knew you had to hate him. Mm-hmm. You saw him and how smug he was, and he represented everything that you, for the most part, right? As, as the good guys, as somebody that's watching, you don't want to like, right? And the fact that he was genuinely good, like you hated him because of how actual, actually good he was in ring as a technician, you know, as a, mm-hmm. as a oh yeah. 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 So like, you're like, you deserve the belts because you're good, but fuck you, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. what made him like that. that was me back. Right. It was a joy to watch him in that way. You and know, now I was, every time he came down, you just had to respect him. You just knew like this dude's flawless. Yeah. One of the hidden gems in in in, in WCW's heyday, man. Absolutely. Nobody really, nobody really talks about that. Uh, the 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 <laughs> up until he put Hacksaw Jim Duggan in the Canadian stable. That's right. <laughs> going great. That was it. That was what, what, that what was, was it for the hardcore title? That was it. <laughs> it was like the Saskatchewan Hardcore Invitational title. Yeah, he renamed it to something like that. <laughs> And uh, I think current generation, and this is like, there's guys that love on the indies that are really good heels. Um, but I think current generation, and this is with 100% truth, no exaggeration, The Miz. Just like, hands down, The Miz is somebody that, when you need him to be detestable, like, he is like, you, yeah, like you can genuinely just kind of go like, you don't want to change the channel kind of bad guy, but you're just like, oh man, you want to see somebody just punch him in the mouth, you know? Uh, but then also like when going up against Daniel Bryan, he's a heel that can say that real shit. You know what I'm saying? That, mm-hmm. that, that, that you're like, this is why we hate you. Cause like my man didn't need to hear that right now. Like I know you're speaking truths, but that's not. Now was at the time, man. Yeah. Uh, Great picks. Great picks. Yeah. So, like, Miz has a lot of respect from us, man. That's the reason why he's had the longevity he's had because his character, when he he's the best as a heel, and when he's on, bro, on the mic, like, he just eviscerates people. So, he's just, phenomenal. Yeah. Just naturally despicable. Like, you just. Yeah. You can't teach that. <laughs> Not at all. Cannot. Oh, Fitty, man, I want to thank you again for your time, man. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for joining the bad guys. Anything you want to plug, man? Anything you need to, to let the fans know about? You got coming, anything coming up? Absolutely. <clears throat> so I started a new YouTube channel that I mentioned a little bit earlier. Uh, we're showing people how to make what we make. I want everybody, because I want to be a resource. And I didn't have that resource coming into wrestling, so I want to make sure other people do have that. It's hard to find that kind of stuff online. So if you don't know how to make masks, I can, I got you. You know what I'm saying? My YouTube channel is at Closet Champion, and we also do a lot of other stuff. But right now, the big focus is on masks. Uh, if you don't, if you want to know more than just what's on YouTube, I got a Patreon at patreon.com slash closet champion, where we go more in depth about that stuff. And also just the behind the scenes in general on how we work, what we do, what it's like to be an independent artist coming up, um, you know, in this time period. 
Of course, you can follow me across all social media at Ophidian Cobra. Doesn't matter what it is. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Xbox Live. I'll screw you on Mortal Kombat. Don't worry. Dolly, dolly. <laughs> Talk to him. Uh, and then, uh, if you know what I'm saying, if you got IWTV, you can catch me on Saturday mornings right now on Chikara's Action Arcade, nice. uh, where my Crucible's taken over. Hey. And of course, Show man. Me. Pro Wrestling Tees, What a Maneuver. You can catch me on either one of those and pick up some some T-shirts and stuff from there. Thanks again, man. And hey, man, it was a pleasure. Uh, we hope to have you back again as soon as we can, man. Uh, and hopefully this whole thing clears up and we can go out to make some shows. At any time, gentlemen, feel free to have me back. Oh, man. Many blessings, man. Uh, honestly, in spending this time with you, man, much respect. And, you know, I always say a person that is passionate about what they do, but most importantly is able to bestow that knowledge upon others is a, is a blessed man. And, and you, sir, are a blessed man. Thank you for, for what you, you just mentioned you're doing to, to help grow the wrestling world, the community that we all love and share. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Stay safe, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. All right.